Welcome to episode 182 of Control the Controllables. And today's guests are record breakers. Confidence obviously began to play a part. Um, and we also got to kind of a weird stage where maybe we didn't care as much. The emphasis on winning wasn't quite as high as maybe it was earlier in the trip because we had won a lot. And so the thought of losing wasn't so bad. And they're record breakers on the ATP Challenger Tour as they won 10 ATP Challenger titles last year. And that's amazing considering they only started, only played their first event in Surbiton back in June. Quite incredible achievement. Not many people know this, but they also won 13 ITF Pro Circuit events between them as well. And I think it's such an inspirational story to have Julian Cash and Henry Patton come and talk to us about because they are that story that people think might happen, but it often hasn't in the past. And for somebody to walk that walk and to then be able to talk the talk, I think as as junior players, as aspiring professional players and coaches and parents as well, to know that last year, Henry was 871 in the world and and Julian was 585 in the world and then they finish 2022 in the top 70 in the world they as we will find out will they make it into the Australian Open we do talk about that and I have to say at this point this conversation did happen in 2022 it's three weeks since we had the conversation so a couple of things have moved on I won't spoil them until after you've listened to the boys talk but there's a couple of advancements to to discuss that have happened in the last in the last few weeks but brilliant guests loads of learnings a big well done to the boys and the least that you can do is one listen to the boys and two like share let's get the podcast out it's 2023 guys i haven't made that push for a while but thank you for joining us again all the best to everybody but i'm going to pass you over to julian cash and henry Patton. so henry Patton, julian cash a big welcome to control the controllables how are you doing yeah good thank you thanks for having us very well thanks dan yeah all all i've written down boys is wow that's that's when I when I sat down and thought, right, what what are we going to talk about? And it was one of those moments I've just been watching in awe, you know, week after week after week. And I know I reached out after you won the challenger in Italy to say, boys, what a year. Wow, that's just an incredible year. And you were like, no, 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 we're we're off to Portugal now, you know, we're 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 going again. And I've been thinking to myself, the things you've had to do to get your own show on Control the Controllables. You know, you both both your coaches have been on and had their shows, so it's it's your time. But well done. And start with you, Julian. What a year, huh? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride, that's for sure. Um, kind of, uh, well, especially for me and Henry as, as a pair, like six months that's just been full steam ahead, really. Um, just just come back quite literally the last few days from, from a four-month stint primarily in the States. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're pretty knackered now, um, but kind of surpassed our expectations and, and yeah, enjoyed the whole ride. And and Henry, 10 challenger titles since June, uh, uh, a record, you know, I believe it was the, the Thai twins that, that won eight about 10 years ago. They had, they had the record, but not just that, I believe between you, you've also won, 13 futures tournaments uh, and the other thing that i think is really interesting as i look and i go okay well you've played 90 or so doubles matches but you've both also played 35 40 singles matches as well which a lot of the doubles guys aren't doing so so how are you feeling and and what are your what have your reflections been the last week yeah i'm definitely relieved to be back home uh on british soil uh it's been a a long trip, but it's nice to take some time now to, to reflect on on kind of what we've done. I don't think during the trip we were able to really sit back and and kind of have a think about what we've achieved. So, yeah, to to be at home uh, on British soil and and to to kind of admire what what we've done and give ourselves a little bit of credit um, is is a good feeling. Yeah. 
and and that's the thing. It's it's turnaround fast, pretty much, Julian. It's like this tennis is tennis is brutal. I always I always think that around the Olympic time, you you see these gymnastics guys and girls, or you see whoever it might be winning gold medals and having these amazing achievements. And then you see them on Strictly Come dancing for the next three months and you or you see them at parties and at galas and at awards. Whereas tennis, you guys have had that year. You've, Julian, have got to go, had to go to university. You've now had a few days off and then you, you're back on you're back on to get yourself ready for the 23 season. And I guess capitalize on the rankings that you now have. Yeah, there's uh, not many galas on the Challenger Tour, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've we've just got back. Like I've I've headed up here to to Loughborough University. Um, I'm on their their task program, so kind of he's the coach up here has been uh, been really good with me on the road. I've been away for a lot longer than I thought and a lot longer than he thought. So yeah, I've come back up here to to help out the guys on the team, um, but also taking the time to to rest and and reset um but yeah it's a, a quick turnaround we've got this week off and then a couple of weeks pre-season and and hopefully we can i mean waiting to find out cuts but hopefully we can get started pretty early in in the new year um in some in some bigger events and no pictures from the maldives henry on instagram <laughs> no absolutely not I actually challenged uh, I challenged Neil Skopsky on this. I'm going to get in touch with Neil actually. He, as I left in it left Turin, I said, "Hey, so what's what's the plan the next couple of weeks, Neil?" And he said, "Oh no, just Liverpool. I'm just just hanging out in Liverpool." So I challenged him to take a photo in his swimming trunks in his garden in Liverpool to get on Instagram, so so he could be like the other tennis players. So I'm going to have to get him get him on that one. The one the one thing when I was looking, boys, um, I don't know if there's any internal competition your, your your doubles players julian you've won more matches this year you're 81 and 14 in doubles henry you're 77 and 14 but you're ranked one ranking place higher so for the listeners can you explain that one well um, i mean it's not fair is it that's what i'll say <laughs> no i i don't know how that's happened i guess i probably played some some bigger events you know than julian <laughs> like to keep my standards high, so I assume that's how that's happened. So does that is that at some point? I guess next year that will come to a bit more of an equilibrium, and you'll have you'll have the you'll have the same ranking. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. It's been causing a lot of issues. So you know, Julian's really, really been getting quite upset about it. So so for the good of the partnership, I hope so. Yeah, and that's the good guy that you are, Henry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want the best for the team. Yeah. And, and Julian, my one, my one for you. Where I think it is so freakish what you've done is is the scoring format. You know, I think you guys have you've played, I believe, seventeen challenges, I believe. Um, but obviously, the run that you've been on, the scoring format in doubles tends to lead to it being a little bit of a crapshoot. You know, you've got your sudden death juices. You've got your match tie breaks, you know, so to, 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 to keep going with that, you know, can you tell us a little bit about how, how you guys managed to do that? Was that something you discussed? Is it, you just got into such a flaw that it was just happening, but it, it, it is a little bit freakish that you won so much given that score and format. Yeah. I mean, if I think back to like the start of our trip, we lost a lot of breakers. Um, and so we definitely learned lessons from that. Um, some things we were doing wrong in, in key moments and also emphasizing the importance of of maybe the not so big moments, you know, like when it is one all to all, like if you can sneak a break then or, you know, hold your serve when it's 40 love, like that stuff actually then helps you avoid being in that breaker or, you know, splitting sets, whatever it may be. So we learned a lot from doing it wrong at the start, I think. Um, and then... As we went through the trip, I think those big moments, we just went back, back to basics. We'd always have a, a little bit of a chat, like, at the, you know, if we'd split sets or, or whatever it was, we'd be always referring back to the basics, kind of a, a little refresh of any tactics specific to the opponents that we were playing on the day. Um, and then on top of that, I think confidence obviously began to play a part. Um, I think a lot of pairs didn't want to play us by the end. So also... 
how that was affecting them, I think would have added another element. Um, and we also got to kind of a weird stage where maybe we didn't care as much. Um, like we, the emphasis on winning wasn't quite as high as maybe it was earlier in the trip because we had won a lot. And so the thought of losing wasn't so bad. Um, so we were able to play free and, and we played a lot of really good breakers and even in matches that maybe we hadn't played that well for an hour, had found a way to a third and we'd usually find some pretty good stuff come those crunch moments. I think I have to, I'm, I have to pick you up on that point, the, the not caring so much. You know, one of my, one of my favourite sayings is having a tolerance for failure. You know, and I think when, we, when we're able to tolerate failure, we're actually then able to, to perform with freedom. Watching from afar, it felt like maybe it was getting more important because you start the year ranked five eight five eight seven one. You ain't thinking about qualifying for Australian Open, you know, at the start of the year. But as the year goes and you start to get towards that point, were you aware of what was happening with your rankings? Were you hyper aware of what's happening with the points and what that maybe means in terms of, of of your start of 2023? Because I think for any tennis player to start in the main draw of the Australian Open is 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 where it's really at. So so talk me through that. Was that not a weight that you carried? Yeah, I think to some level it was, but well, maybe on my part, some pretty bad math done at some point. I think um, because. With about six, eight weeks left to go on our trip, we thought we were only a few titles away from being around where we are now. Uh, and then after doing that, realising we had a hell of a lot longer to, to go. Um, so that kind of kept us thinking a little more short term. But again, I think we were like, we spoke to our coaches a lot while we were out there and, and they helped us put it in perspective of, of course, we want to be in Australia. There's no doubt about that. And that is obviously why we finished those last two weeks that we did and and switched to the dirt on the last week um, was simply for that reason. But it was never a goal of ours when we started the trip. And so they kept that kept reinforcing that, that obviously it would be great, but if you could take where we are now and end the trip, that's above what we would have expected and what we could have asked for. So, yeah, it was just a shift of perspective. And, and I think, again, being at the end of a long trip, we were in such a good rhythm uh, week to week, just everything was kind of falling into place. You weren't having to think too much. And I guess people talk about being in the zone, like during matches and stuff, I would say generally in the week, we were kind of in the zone, just taking care of things. Like everything was automatic, handing rackets in to be strong. Like the whole thing was just like clockwork. So all of that, I think distracted us as much as helped us. And Henry there, Julian mentions your coaches. And, you know, I think we need to give a big shout out to Calvin Betton, to, to Barry Fulcher and I know Louis Kai has also overseen it a, a little bit as he does as the as the maestro that he is and and those are three of the really really good guys you know in in, in the sport so what what sort of influence and impact have they had yeah huge influence um I mean I think you you put it well there they're just three really really good guys um obviously we don't get as much contact with Louis um so having Calvin and Barry uh, to work with us individually is just been unbelievable. Um, and they've been with us from the very start of our trip, uh, staffing every match, uh, talking to us about every match. Um, we would have loved to have taken them out with us, really. But uh, the reality is uh, playing doubles on the Challenger Tour isn't particularly lucrative. So, um, yeah, we had to kind of uh, survive with Zoom calls and, and kind of meetings every couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, having having coaches, uh, even when they're not with you, just to remind you of small things, to, to give you confidence, belief, and to help guide some of the decisions that you're making. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, and then, yeah, fortunately, when we came back over to Europe, they, they joined us for the last two weeks, Calvin in, in Italy and then Barry in Portugal. Um, and I think that couldn't have come at a better time, really, just to help really kind of push us through those last two weeks. So yeah, I mean they they have been as important as us really in terms of of, of our success on on that mammoth trip. And does it give almost a, an extra layer of accountability? I always think 
a lot of coaching can be done remotely as well, especially nowadays that you can watch the matches. You know, so once you once you're not playing the challenger tour, the matches are all streamed. So even going into those matches, you know someone's with you, even though you can't see and feel them. Yeah, I think it definitely helps. Um, I don't know about accountability. I'd, I'd like to think that me and Jules and Calvin Barry are pretty locked into to every match that, that, that we play. Um, I think it's just nice to know that, that we have a great team supporting us more than anything. And and Julian, I know you guys haven't had lots of Louis time yet, but Barry and Calvin certainly have. You know, I know they're mm. they're very much disciples of of Louis' system and have spent a lot of time with him over the years. What impact has he had on on you guys? And I guess my second part to that question is, the walk has now been walked. You know, it's been walked by a lot of players now over the last 10 years. So in terms of your mindset as British tennis players, as British doubles players, your achievement's incredible, but you're kind of going along a path that many have already gone. How 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 helpful has that been? Yeah, well, if I like go back to the start, I mean, I actually called Lou when me and Henry agreed to play together and he kindly gave us a session. Um, we ended up doing like three hours with him of, pretty regimented stuff like we didn't didn't drink once uh, we kind of laugh about it now like literally did not take a sip of water in three hours um <laughs> just picking us apart i mean we had not played a point together so you know louis as well as us like you can imagine how how bad we looked out there <laughs> um so like but that got us on the pay on the same page from ball one um yeah. so if i go back to our 25ks in nottingham it was far from perfect but we kind of knew what we were doing and, and it was from from day one we were progressing together in the right way um so that was huge and and like you said i mean seeing so many guys have the success that they have um over the you know the past few years is it's kind of incredible um and and louis gave me and henry a lot of confidence like individually as well obviously you know he's someone who's seen the best of the best and he's worked with a lot of them as well and so getting positive reinforcement from him is, you know, it means something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when I think back to like, we joined Joe uh, for a couple of sessions on the clay, actually in the middle of those 25Ks. Um, and, you know, he was like pretty nice to us, which isn't necessarily always what you hear, but he was really nice and he gave us, a lot of confidence and said, look, like if you guys want to go down this route, like it's there for you to go and take. So um, yeah, it, it has given us a lot of confidence to know that it's, it is possible. And since then we've had a chance to train with a bunch of these guys and, and see the level. And, and I know I do, but I believe Henry as well. Like we feel like it is achievable. And, and on that, I also saw on social media that quite a few of those guys were, were, tweeting or putting putting posts up of congratulations to you guys as well it seems like there's a there's a really nice team feeling as well henry yeah i mean we're, we're obviously pretty new into that group um as julian mentioned we're, we're going to be going into pre-season uh with them but yeah you're right i mean and we both both had messages uh over a lot of the weeks uh from from neil from joe uh, even from Ken kind of con congratulating us. So, yeah, I mean, we're both really excited to kind of get more into that group and, and most importantly, try and learn as much as we can from them, really. Um, yeah, it's incredibly inspirational to see what they're all doing. Uh, hopefully we're on, we're on the same path and, 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 yeah, go and get a good couple of weeks with the, with the best in the world. Can't, can't really get much better than that. Expectation, Julian. It's uh, it's a word I talk a lot about on this podcast. I I always think expectation can be the devil. Um, you know, when there's a gap between reality and expectation, we always have have a problem. And you know, winning eighty one out of ninety five doubles matches last year. You know, winning I believe it's what sixty six as a team out of seventy six matches. You 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 end the year with this unbelievable feeling. 
but next year is different. You know, you you move into into the big leagues. How how are you guys going to manage that expectation? And is that something you and your team has has discussed? Uh, we haven't discussed that specifically, but I think we're all aware of what we've done, but in a pretty humble way. Like we we're far from where we need to be and where we want to be. So we've not come off this trip thinking how good we are. I think we all know exactly what we need to improve. Um, and I think going into this preseason, like I'm sure Lou is going to help remind us exactly <laughs> what we need to improve. Um, so I think there's obviously expectation. And, and I know that a lot of that also comes like externally, like people talk and, and stuff like that. But I think for us inside our team, uh, I don't think there is a huge amount of expectation. Like it's at the end of the day, it will be our, our first slam that we got into on our own if we do get in. Um, and I think we need to enjoy that as potentially like a little bit of a celebration of, of the year we've had um, and go from there. Like I said, there's lots to improve, We, which is a really good thing to sit where we are and, and know that there's a lot to get stuck into is a great thing, I think. So, yeah, I think our team's helping us kind of deal with that, I suppose. And the and the other word that jumps to mind, and you've already mentioned, and I think both of you have, is is perspective. And and when I look at you know both of you guys, you know, and I I know both of your journeys relatively well, um, often through coaches. Obviously, Henry, your your college coach was my roommate, you know, so I heard heard a lot about your your journey well before you would have known me. And and Julian Barry Barry's a good friend of mine, and. I, I often think this one with people that play university tennis, you know, and but I also think too, Julian, in particular with yourself, when you've had so many injuries and it was such a stop start few years, that it almost can feel like bonus time, you know, whereas kind of people in their teens or early twenties who are they have to be tennis players and that's what they have to do, they they then struggle with that perspective. Now that you've been through that, do you think that challenging journey you've had, and I go back to, I was in Greece when you rocked up and you were there for like 12 hours, you walked on the court, rolled your ankle and then got on the flight and went back, you know, after that had been happening quite a few times. How much do you think that is now helping you? Yeah, I mean, well, I'd like to point out that Barry took the first flight home there. Uh, he left me in Greece <laughs> with a destroyed ankle, but um, yeah, it, it has helped a lot. I think the, the college experience, first of all, gives you a great chance to mature. Um, if I would have thought back and about knowing now what it takes to, to get anywhere in both singles and doubles, like through the Futures Tour and whatever, if that was me at 17, 18, I don't think it would have looked very pretty. Um, although I was playing good tennis then, it's I feel like that's a pretty small factor at that time. Um so the college thing has been huge. And then, like you mentioned, the injuries. I mean, there were multiple times when I, well, if I take my shoulder surgery, I, I didn't think I was going to be playing competitive tennis again, um, even to the point where like I couldn't serve for a long period. And I even was questioning, like, I could be a terrible coach as well. You know, like, can't even serve at, at my clients at this rate. So it does. It, it, it feels, you know, I... I all my time on the court after that, be it even some of the rehab stuff, like wasn't necessarily the most enjoyable stuff, but actually in the moment I was loving it. Um, being able to be out on court and just enjoying the small things that are very easy to take for granted. It's such a long journey um, that, you know, it, it is easy to forget how lucky you are being out there. And, and if you're able to turn that into a career, then, then it is a huge bonus. So yeah, it, it's helped grounded me throughout this period and, and definitely now um, obviously having a successful year and, and kind of getting to close to a place that I've wanted to be, it, it feels even better. Oh, very good. And and Henry, both age 26, singles was also going okay. You know, you've been, you know, putting some decent singles results out there. Is Is this now the time that you part ways with singles or is it still within you that you want to continue the singles journey as well? Uh, I don't think I'll ever completely write off uh, ever playing singles again. Um, 
But I think for both of us, we we both planned uh, when we went out to the States to to play singles in the challenges uh, as, as long as we got in, which we were doing. We were getting into the qualifying. Um, but the, the decision to, to focus on doubles sort of made itself um, when we started to have success on the doubles court. Uh, so the, in the challenges, the doubles final is on Saturday and then singles qualifying starts on Sunday in, in a different place. So uh, it just became impossible impossible to do, to do both, really. Um, and I, I think that's sort of been a blessing. I don't think that we would have had the success that, that we've had if we'd been trying to balance singles and doubles. We've been able to put a lot, a lot of hours uh, into into training specific doubles patterns and drills and uh, and all sorts that I don't think we would have had the time or energy to do on on such long trips. So um, yeah, obviously a part of me will always be a little bit sad about about not playing singles. You're right, it was going going well, but um, can't really complain uh, when we look back and and see where we are now. Yeah, because it's very early, 26. It's you're very young. You're very young doubles players, Julian. Yeah, I mean, I think back to, well, I'll point out as well, my career wasn't quite going as well as Henry's on the singles court, but um, it was still a difficult decision. And like like Henry said, the fact that that was kind of made for us um, definitely made it easier. One week stands out to me uh, was Granby. Um, I was in qualies. Henry actually snuck in main draw that week. I won a match, so I played Sunday, Monday. Henry started Tuesday, won a round, so he played Tuesday, Wednesday. So we were like four days in, had won our first round dubs and we hadn't played any doubles. And so it was not really a great place to be actually for for what we wanted. Um, So, yeah, I think that was, well, one of the last ones that we played. Um, But yeah, we are young, but I see that as a a positive, you know. We've got years ahead of us. like I said before, we've got lots to improve. Hopefully we can use some of our physicality as, I guess, the young guns on the dubs tour. Um, and yeah, see where it takes us. And and what about highlight? There's been there's been a lot, you know, when you talk about 17 tournament wins, playing your first Grand Slam. Obviously, you guys joined joined the team for the Wimbledon Wimbledon review. Preview Wimbledon preview, um, you know this year and Lizzie and Olivia have gone on and, and had a fantastic year as well. Um, we're taking all the credit here at Control the Controllables for that. Um, but what is the the real highlight and standout for you, Henry, of this year? Uh, for me, and this probably would have been on the Wimbledon preview, so that's a bit of a repeat. But for me, still, uh, the moment I go back to. Uh, winning that that challenger in Ferguson uh, on our debut and our first challenger, you know, we didn't really have a clue what we were doing, what was going on. We we got a last minute wild card and and thought we would turn up for for probably one match and and a cold shower. But uh, yeah, if, if I had to go back to a moment that was just pivotal and and obviously us as a pair and individually our careers, that that really helped us to. To believe obviously gave us a lot of ranking points um and i think set up on our journey um yeah that that's the moment that i would i would go back to and isn't that doesn't that also show one of the advantages of being from a grand slam nation as well you know that if you think you know there's to have on grass those big events that you guys got the opportunity for, which you which you earned and and took the door opened a little bit and you absolutely jumped through that door, then got your first Grand Slam opportunity. But it it at that time I think it is it's important sometimes we appreciate how fortunate we are to come from a Grand Slam country as well. Yeah, I think the the more tournaments, the more domestic tournaments and opportunities that that you give people, you know, the more chance. There is there will be success stories. Uh, so so yeah, we feel very lucky to have been given that opportunity. And, and what about yourself, Julian? He's he's taken he's taken Surbiton, so you can't jump to Surbiton. Yeah, I mean, there's honestly a couple that stand out. Um, but if I was to go for one, uh, other than that, it would probably be the last one we won. Um, you know, we'd 
we're obviously fighting for Australia. We kind of knew that if we didn't make final, it was absolutely no chance we're going. Um, so there was a lot of pressure. We also made a switch to the clay, which if anyone knows me or Henry, it's not a pretty sight. So yeah, that one, that one was pretty special. We played two guys who had done extremely well uh, in the doubles last year. And a lot of that was on clay. So there was a huge challenge for us and, and we embraced it. So to, to come out with a title there and obviously it topped off our season, it would have been a shame in a way to finish the season on a loss after after so many titles. So it felt um, felt really good, that one. And that, I'm sure Barry told you, but that that was my Maya in Portugal. That was my first ever international tournament, age 12, with, with Barry. Um, and a bit of a funny story. I was I'd never been on an aeroplane before. So so on that on that on that trip, and Barry sent me the picture on that trip when I got on the aeroplane, all the boys were were taking the piss out of me. And they told me that it was 20 pence to go to the toilet. So so I didn't have I didn't have any money on me. So I was walking around the aeroplane asking people for 20 pence to 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 go to the toilet. Um, and that that was our that was our first trip. So I'm sure that was a, a special one for Barry as well, you know, that that that, that happened. So tell me, tell me that moment, Henry. You've you've won that, you've you finally, I guess, can come out the bubble that you'd almost been in. You know, you've been in this bubble for months and just going and going and going. That's very clear. How was that moment? How did you celebrate? Please tell me you didn't fly that evening. Please tell me you at least had a celebration evening in Portugal. No, uh, we didn't fly that evening, but I caught a flight at 8 a.m. the next day and Julian, I think, at around 9.30, 10 the next day. So we weren't able to celebrate too much. Um, yeah, the moment the moment we won, I think, was one of, for me at least, was one of this kind of relief um and kind of relaxation it was an amazing feeling but yeah we 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 went out for a few beers uh barry was there so i went out had a nice dinner kind of gathered our initial reflections um but to be honest we were just absolutely desperate to get home having flown through stanford a couple of weeks before from canada on the way to italy we've done well to, to not kind of get on the, the first plane home from there so yeah, we we were just desperate to get home, uh, and yeah, obviously that that's a great feeling. And what is it that you miss most from home? Ah, uh, I don't know. Nothing in particular. Well, actually, two things I would say is one, not living out of a suitcase every week. Um, actually, I'll say three things. So, not living out of a suitcase, uh, my own bed, definitely not sleeping in you know hotels and strangers' beds. Um, that's host family's beds, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, so, you know, I don't get myself in trouble. I, I'm happy yeah. to score down this route on the podcast. You know, we can yeah, lots, host, host families uh, over in the States. Thank you for more. Um, but yeah, nothing quite like your own bed. Um, and also just not traveling, uh, planning travel for, for the next week. Um, not not feeling rushed and, and like you have to, have to get on a flight and arrange transport and, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, so so that's what I miss miss most at home. Because they're stressy, aren't it's stressy. That whole and you're thinking as well. Oh my god, I've got if I do we do lose off, we win. We got the flight that goes there, then we got to then we can do that, and then it, it is it's more stressful than people realise. Yeah, it's just a lot of small things that that, that you have to take care of. Um, and unfortunately, the, the nature of tennis, the the details of your plans don't become apparent until later on in the week. So it's all very last minute, uh, lots of small details. Um, so yeah, it's nice to, nice to be back and, and take a good week off to, to relax. What about yourself, Julian? I think, yeah, I also don't like staying in strangers' beds. Um, <laughs> no, I think being home for me, food, first of all, um, and suitcase i hate my suitcase with a passion and then on top of that yeah henry's right i think it's very draining all those small details um we probably twice on the trip booked a flight earlier to try and save a few pennies and try and i don't know make less decisions and both times it went horrifically wrong and cost us more money 
um so we learned our lesson there to just suck it up and if you win then fly next day if you lose then fly next day um but yeah it, it's draining that stuff like they're not big decisions in many ways but they're they're always there and as soon as one decision is made the next one pops up i i i remember when i stopped playing around your age actually and when people asked me i said i was ready to have my toothbrush in a toothbrush holder you know that, and it was that sort of feeling of getting the toothbrush out of the out of your bag every time or, what, or whatever it might be and you know I, I can completely understand it but you've got it for a few more years boys because you've got an exciting career ahead now and and henry as we move into 2023 what are the what's the team's goals what are you what are you looking to achieve in 2023 yeah it's it's a good question. It's a bit of an odd one just because of where we sit in the rankings now. Um, so combined ranking of 140 uh, will get you into obviously, hopefully, hopefully Grand Slams will see uh, borderline um, and some 250s. It, it all really just depends on the cut. So um, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have a few more last minute decisions uh, to make. We'll have to see what we get into. Um, I think in terms of goals, um, nothing really too tangible. I think uh, for me, definitely, um, and probably for Julian, we, we don't really want to put too much pressure on ourselves. I think uh, I think we really just want to focus on kind of doing the work day in, day out, um, trying to give ourselves every opportunity to transition onto the main tour um, and play play every opportunity that, that, that we get on the main tour um, and kind of see how it goes from there. Uh, but yeah, with where our ranking, sorry, with our ranking being where it is, it's it's kind of difficult to to plan and schedule and and set goals because you're not quite sure what what's going to happen. Um, but we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the challenge. Well, Julian, Harry Heliavara and Lloyd Glasspool started 2022 as 78 and 64. Which, if my maths is correct, is one four two as a team. Seventy and sixty nine is one three nine as a team. They ended twenty twenty three as the number five doubles team in the world. Played in the ATP Tour finals. Maybe just follow follow their path. You know, take their take their tournament schedule, follow their results, and we'll see you in Turin. Yeah, it sounds like you're trying to put expectations on us, but um, yeah, look, I mean, they've had a fantastic year, um, but like touching on one of your questions earlier, it shows what can be done. Um, and it, it's nice that that pathway has been walked by other people, people that we know and, and can interact with and learn from. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to say that's a goal by any means, but um, it does show it's possible. So we're going to we're gonna take our chances when they come and, and go full steam ahead. Well, boys, well done. Well done on behalf of the tennis world. You know, like it's, I, I always think when when achievements like this happen, it's, you, you got to the stage where so much was was written about it. For, for you to do that in doubles on the Challenger Tour, it's a special achievement, you know, because often those things go under the radar. So a big well done, you know, it, enjoy that little bit of rest that you do have. You know, get and then knuckle down and, and you go again. But before you go, we have our quick fire round, which are you ready for? Sure. I don't so, know. So first question, Henry, you're gonna go first. Second question, Julian goes first. You've got the pattern. Third, Henry, fourth, Julian. Let's see if you can work as a team on this, boys. No talking <laughs> over each other. What what does control the controllables mean to you? Um, Dan Kean and Legend. <laughs> the, the best answer so far, Henry. <laughs> Julian. Uh, to me, well, it's hard to follow that. To me, control the controllables is doing everything you can day in day out give yourself the best chance to succeed and to, to follow the path that you want to, that you want to follow. The Bryans or the Woodies? Uh, the Bryans for me. Uh, Hold on. You've yeah. gone, you've gone against the pattern. Well, uh, sorry. 
Yeah, uh, Dan, okay. Dan, this is on you, Dan. I'm sorry, but uh, you, haven't, you, haven't you asked me the same question as Henry, so it made it seem yeah. like that was question two. Okay, yeah. there's 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 gonna. <laughs> I retract be... my first answer, by the way. There's gonna be eight or nine questions. Blimey. Okay, we you both will, answer them. You both answer them, but Henry okay, goes okay. first on the first one. Julian, ah, okay. Julian the second. You with me? All yeah. Right. Great. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. We're ready. Bri Brian's or Woody's? I'm going Brian's. Henry. I will also go Brian. <laughs> I will also go, Brian. Uh, I grew up playing tennis with my brother, and he's a right-hander, and I'm a left-hander. So, big inspiration there. So, so the Woodies, the Woodies were lefty-righty oh. as well. So, the 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 lefty we, the yeah. lefty-righty combo is the is the one. Hey, it, it's not as bad as your answer that you gave when you picked Kazakina to win Wimbledon. So that's all thanks, right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for bringing that one up again. So, this is the third question. I think it's your turn, Henry. I'm ready. Would you prefer to be top 120 in the world in singles or top 20 in the world in doubles? Top 20 doubles. No brainer. I also go top 20 doubles, yeah. Top 70 singles or top 20 doubles? <laughs> mm, I'll go top 20 doubles, so you're going to have to do better. Yeah, I'm, I'm going doubles is a great lifestyle, so I'm going top 20 doubles. Top 60 singles <laughs> or top 20 doubles? Top 20 doubles for me. I think the only way it would switch for me is if I went, if I was like main draw masters. So I don't know what that is, like 40, 45. That's when I would maybe go the other yeah. way. That, that might save us going through all of the rankings. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was my plan, yeah. <laughs> we could have asked that at the start. Um, <laughs> should it be five sets in men's doubles at Wimbledon or three sets? I think three sets, personally, because, well, nowhere else goes five, and the grass is extremely fast, and I would say maybe doesn't always make for the most exciting doubles matches um very serve dominant so i think three sets personally yeah i would agree three sets i think five sets is so far away from the norm in doubles which is two sets and a breaker and yeah on the grass the points tend to be pretty pretty short and not that interesting a lot of the time so so yeah i'd go through aussie aussie open men's singles winner 2023 uh if novak's allowed in the country hard to he not is. say him yeah, Novak I'm gonna go is. no Novak, I think. Tough to tough to look elsewhere. Yeah, I'll I'll say Novak as well. I think his record in twenty twenty two was pretty unbelievable given how little tennis he was able to play. So we're not ready for the young guns quite to take over his mantle yet. I think it's 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 getting close. I think it is getting close. Like you sense that Novak maybe is a little bit more fragile out there. Rafa's seems to be struggling a bit more. So I think it, it's going to come in the next one, two years. But yeah, it's tough to go against Novak in Australia. Roger or Rafa? Um, I have to go Roger. I love Rafa as well, though, just as he's a lefty. But game style-wise... I was going to say, you play like a him as different. well, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit, little bit more similar to Roger, at least I like to think so anyway. Yeah, I'm also Roger through and through. Um, spent my whole life watching him. He's, uh, I think, made tennis kind of what it is in today's age. Um, really brought the level up and, you know, pushed uh, Novak and Rafa on and everyone else to, to the level they're at. So for me, Roger, for sure. And what's one rule change you would have in tennis, specifically to doubles? I personally would like to see a full third set, but keep the sudden death juice. That is a good one. Um, I, I, I'm a little bit, I'm not sure on this one. Are we allowed to use like video replays and stuff at the ATP tournament? I feel like they were using it in Turin, but I'm not sure about the rest. Um, but if not, like video video replays, I'm the umpire to look at, look at replays. What, Hawkeye? No, not Hawkeye. So not, not, 
I know there's Hawkeye, but for like double bounces or double ah, hits, okay. et cetera, yeah, yeah. whether they reach over the net, I'd like to see the ability for players to, to challenge those decisions as well. Like they have in American football, or, or, uh, or, yeah. or they also have it in football now, so, VAR. They do, yeah. yeah. Every, I think most sports are kind of transitioning over, so add a bit more drama to it. And who should our next guest be on Control the Controllables? Oh, when was the last time Calv, Calv and Barry were on? They've they've not been on for a while, but they've they've obviously been on, but they've not been on for a while. I, I would say it would be quite funny to get Calv and Baz on in the same call. Um, two very contrasting personalities, and both quite funny in their own right. And what what topics do you want them to attack? Oh. Uh, I'd love Manchester to, United. I'd <laughs> love to hear them talk a lot about us, obviously. Um, uh, a little bit on the LCA, I think, just for a bit of, bit of spice. Um, and then their own individual journeys into tennis, because honestly, they're so different. Um, yeah, I think think that would be a good little combo. That. And Julian, this is a tough one. I think I don't know if Neil's been on. Lots of uh, times. Um, no, well, there you go. Uh, I would, if it wasn't for Neil, I'd go slightly out of the box. I'm going to go for Charlie Broom. Oh, yeah. So that, he, yeah, he would be interesting. He's, uh, yeah, good story and, you know, works hard and he's he's at a, a stage in the game that a lot of people don't necessarily look at, kind of transitioning from futures to challenges. So I think he'd be a good one. Boys, you'll have to connect me. That's, I've not got his number, so you'll have to connect me and we'll get we'll get him on. But thanks so much for coming on, boys. Have have a great preseason and 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 good luck in Australia. And I'll look forward to seeing you guys in 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 a few weeks in London. Thanks a lot, Dan. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. Cheers, Appreciate guys. It. And as I said at the start of the episode, it's a few weeks since I spoke to the boys and great news that they got in to the event at the Australian Open. You know, all of that hard work and that extra push at the end of the year was well worth it. They've started the year in great style. They they made the semi-finals of the ATP 250 event in Pune in India. And then they've just actually, I found out, lost in a tight match today in Adelaide before they're moving on to their first Grand Slam that they've made through the ranking. And and I have no doubt I was fortunate enough to spend a few days with the boys in pre-season in London because an exciting announcement from myself is I have started working with the doubles pair Lloyd Glasspool, who I coached from a very early age, age of 10 or 11 and his partner, Harry Heliavara. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be spending time with those boys. I'm not out in Australia where I had previous commitments already, but the boys have made a great start winning the 250 out in Adelaide last week. So I'm excited for that and excited to see how Henry and Julian are going to progress this year. I have no doubts that we'll be seeing them in the top 50 in the world very soon and playing the highest level events. So all the best to them. And the, and the other one I would like to give a shout out to, or the other two, is the two coaches of, of Julian and of Henry, and that's Barry Fulcher and Calvin Betton. Again, two just great guys you know proper tennis people that are that are doing it for the right reason they're trying to make a difference and have been now for 20 years plus with with many many players out there and for those guys to get a chance to to get into the big shows and 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 have have that opportunity where without a doubt they've got the quality to do it it's it's great to see that as well and very inspiring for up and coming coaches as well to see you know the work that they put in at a club level at a county level at, at a national level and and here they are producing more and more players as they go on and Henry and Julian they've they've put in a real shift I know I know Barry has worked for years and years and years and years with Julian Cash and you know to get that reward at the end of it and to see those boys playing on the big stage is, is fantastic so big shout out to you boys as well um, I know that you were called out to come back onto the podcast, so we'll we'll see if we can arrange to get you on together to to talk tennis. And and yeah, as as for lessons, I, I don't have Vicky next to me. I feel 
I'd love to have Vicky to discuss this one. Unfortunately, she's she's down with the dreaded COVID. It just doesn't seem to be going away. Uh, so you're going to have to just hear my thoughts on this one. And and I think my big one is just how, as role models, we talk a lot about role models on this on this podcast. And Carlos Alcaraz, love him, amazing. Coco Goff, amazing. But they're not the role models that we want to set out for the kids to have because not many players are going to be that special at the ages of 16, 17, 18. And for us to be able to see that there's more than one way to skin a cat, there's, you know, you go through the stories of players that are playing at these Grand Slams and who have longevity and have longevity in the sport. You know, Julian is is doing his master's degree at at Loughborough University. Henry has been through the whole system as well as Julian in America. Both of them, you would say, have had relatively mediocre singles careers. I know that Henry was starting to push on a little bit, uh, but then the fact that they have now <clears throat> branched out into being having these having this incredible opportunity now on the doubles court. So I think that's that's the first thing, you know, keep going. Stay persistent. Keep persevering, you know, that those are the skills that really count in this sport. They really do. And you never know when your time's going to be. And if you expect that it's going to come easy, it's not. But you keep doing it day in, day out. You never know where it might take you. So I think that's a massive message. The second one for me is actually, I think it's about time we gave a little bit more respect to these doubles players, you know, and, and what they're doing. You know, we, we talked about that during the pod. What, what is the, the comparative ranking of which you would take, and it was it was very high, you know. They, it was very high uh, that they talked about. Well, actually, unless they were of a certain ranking singles, then actually the doubles route is the way that they would go. And that was something that my college coach, actually Jeff Brown, said to me many years ago. And it's something I, I really took on board. He said, for him as a tennis player, it's about playing the highest level of events that you can. And if that's in singles or doubles, then we only have a, a relatively short life and we have a relatively short tennis life. You've got to go and do what you can to play the biggest events and have the best experiences. That's something that I certainly took on board. And, and for these guys that choose the route to push forward to playing the big events in doubles, they're brilliant tennis players. They're working incredibly hard. And I really hope that we can start to televise it more. We can start to get their names out there a little bit more. So those are a couple of things that I would take from today's episode I hope everyone is well wherever you are you know and you've your new year has started with a bang you know wishing you all the all the very best as, as you go into the rest of 2023 we have Australian Open it's amazing it's starting what in less than a week so less than a week's time the Australian Open will be on our TVs I certainly haven't been getting a lot of sleep watching the boys through the night the timings haven't been too kind to me so far but that's okay if Harry and Lloyd keep winning the British pairs and British players keep winning out there. I have no problem getting up in the middle of the night. So enjoy, enjoy the Aussie Open. We are bringing together the Aussie Open preview in the next few days. So watch out for that one. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And as I said at the start of the show, it's been a while since I've made a plea. But get these podcasts out there, please. Share them on your social media. Like them, rate them, review them. It makes a real big difference to, to what happens to the podcast. And then we can attract better guests for you. We can continue bringing this to you. And that's what our, our plan and promise to you is throughout 2023. So all the very best. But until next time, I'm Dan Kiernan and we are Control the Controllables.